Whenever we read our history books here in the US, uh, it depends on who's writing the story. A lot of people that grow up not knowing their history, as far as the Aztec culture, they might not know of all of the uh, things that they did, their engineering feats, uh, water, bringing water into the city. I mean, the streets were super clean. When uh, Cortes came in to Tenochtitlan, they were filthy and dirty, and the people from Aztec were were clean. They were their streets were clean. The people were, I mean, yeah. So uh, this one's a little long, um, but it's about our, our Aztec heritage. It's called Azteca. Aztec. My people did not fall in slash and burn farming, dead in dry forest, dead in the heat of the longest summer, dead like a leaf blown. We did not perish, please. Those dusty textbooks dictate false cities, factitious fantasies, falsehoods in white hoods. Aztec blood lives and flows, Check the curvature of your teeth with your fat, moist tongue. That's Aztec. Our daughters braided their hair thick as purple cornstalks trailed behind like black capes, dragging on a million vermilion paved roads, chirping poetry on their way to school. School till they turned 15 in the magnificence of Tenochtitlan. Our sons, wondrous engineers, created aqueducts, airborne rivers carrying cool water, liquid purity from mountains like pyramids to 300,000 human and animal bodies and babies. Our sons and hijas del maíz created artificial islands, chinampas, floating fields of soil, sun-reaching, tall, evolutionary maize, maize, corn, revolutionary gold to feed on and feast. A gift to the world, blessed innovation deserves a standing ovation, each son with a given vocation. Our sons created two calendars, two circular cycles, 365 and 260, math in Morse code, dots and dashes, language with the aid of 20 different signs, chiseled, sculptured, recorded language of commerce for a wealthy empire worthy to admire and to aspire. We're still here. Let me teach you some Aztec words. Chile, tomate, jicama, avocado translates to testicle, my favorite chocolate. Chamote, chamaco, chanate, chapulín, chayote, chicle, chipotle, comal, elote, guajolote, ule. Mezcal, cheers, dears. Mezquite, grill me. 
Mecate hang you, Mexico, belly button of the moon, molcajete, moyote, mole, mitote, party on, nopal, papalote, popote, tomal, tequila to feel ya, tocayo, mirror my name, sacate, sopilote, Aztec words are shared, alive in Nahuatl and Hopi, and Shoshone, Western Northern America. Remember to let your thick, wet tongue touch the roof of your mouth and enjoy Mazatlan, Atlan, the Tlan, like two hands pressing against each other in rhythm, clapping hands, making maize, discs, tortillas, blooming feast around the world, each tostada, flauta, chilaquile, red and green. Taco Tuesday is a bendición everywhere. We did not perish. We did not perish. We are here. You are tuning into Latino Politics and News with Tony Diaz on 90.1 FM, KPFT, Houston, Texas. The era of Hispandering is over. Folks, really appreciate you tuning in to a multi-platform broadcast of Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say on the air and we are coming at you in several phases of course it begins depending on what the timeline is for you on social media across several platforms additionally the video will air on fox26houston.com and the audio will air where it all began on 90.1 fm kpft Houston's community station. And for you dear listeners, don't forget that KPFT is a community radio station. It's built on donations. So dear listeners, if you can budget a donation, please go to kpft.org, click on the tip jar, make a donation in the name of Nuestra Palabra, Latino Writers Having Your Say, or our other show, Latino Politics and News, but that's not it. We have another platform that's the most essential. We come to you in person. So today we're going to celebrate a poetry reading curated by Malfield Press. And it's going to take place the old-fashioned way, in person. It's part of the Texas Author Series at the Latino Bookstore in San Antonio, based at the Guadalupe Cultural Arts Center. So I want to introduce our poets. I want to bring them in to to say hi to you and you can get to know them. But don't forget, this is archived so you can teach it in a classroom. But we also want to celebrate the fact that at one point, we couldn't do this stuff in person. I mean, the Palabra began as a in-person movement. It's great that we can convene again one more time. Maria, un abrazo grande. ¿Cómo estás? I'm doing well, Tony. Thank you so much for um, having us here today on behalf of Mouthfield Press and all 
that um, supporters and authors, um, we thank you very much for this opportunity to visit with you and share some of our poetry. That's fantastic. And I wanna remind folks that I'm actually in Houston, Texas at this moment. We're talking about the Latino Bookstore, which is based in San Antonio. Uh, I'm gonna ask you to introduce our visiting poets. We're actually gonna have five poets in person. And I wanna say this carefully because even after it happens, what you're watching now is important for the archive because this is all happening in person in a book desert. But when the poets do their reading, I'd also like to find out where they're at. Uh, so Maria, do us a favor, tell us where you're um, zooming in from and introduce tus colegas, por favorcito. Absolutely. I am um, living right now in Huntsville, Texas. So I think I'm only about an hour and a half from uh, north of Houston. So I'm very happy to be here, um, originally from El Paso. For this reading today, we have Raquel Mejia, Vincent Cooper, Carolina Monsivais. Also for our reading in um, the Latino Bookstore in San Antonio on May 6th, we are having Liliana Valenzuela. Uh, she couldn't join us today, but uh, we are here. I love it. And we're looking forward, not just to your readings today, to find out more about each of you, but to celebrate the work of Mothfield Press and the poetry you've curated in person. So let's do it this way. I don't want to talk too much. I want people to enjoy the poetry. So let's do this. In the order you introduce folks, we'll have you each read a piece. What would be great is if you'd say a little something about the piece you're about to read, and then if you hand it off to the next poet, if the poet is so inspired, I'd like them to say something about the piece they just heard. I just kind of dropped that on folks too. So it's like a, a pop <laughs> quiz of sorts. <laughs> but we'll start with we'll start with Maria and we look okay. forward to, to hearing all of your work. Gracias. Okay. It's a multi-platform broadcast bringing you a ton of Latino lit. Well, thank you so much. Um, I'm happy to be here again. And gracias to Tony, Nuestra Palabra, and uh, everyone who is sponsoring this reading. I thank you so much. Um, I am going to read a poem uh, titled, A Girl Missing Her Mother, The First Time She's Away From Home. And I wrote this poem um, many years ago. And um, it, it's kind of funny. I was... Um, wanting to always leave home when I was growing up. And now that I'm older, I want to return home. So, um, so here it is. My mother's panic paces my medulla, the place where she lodges, then insomnia at dawn. I slip my body into the solitary pool, float on my back, weightless like smoke. My mother is the comet, a falling star. I wade in the cool water. I think heaven is a country. Loneliness licks my throat. At 3.06 AM, I die at home. My mother is the night air, hot on my skin. I'm hypnotized by the bluish stratosphere of water. Water reminds me of her the moist of her skin on my cheek, a jar of water on her hands to quench my thirst. My mother is Jupiter, moon, 
Venus, Mars, a planet waiting to be discovered. I butterfly across the pool. Sky is turning pink. I sink my body down, enter the warmth. I'm inside my mother's womb. Thank you. Raquel Mejia is next. Hi, I'm located in El Paso, Texas, located next to La Frontera de Mexico y Nuevo Mexico, right where they all meet. I'm going to read uh, something that has to do with our love of Texas. Uh, and of course, we always have a little taste of the Aztec also. All of us have someone who has moved away. All of us have a family or a friend who's gone. Um, all of us have a Maria. So this poem is called Maria Sings. Maria sings midnight music in a distant dot in East Texas moving the earth to hum, calming the Texas heat. Women wear the plastic smile of survival. Women wear their souls strong like a cactus needle. We hear her buried notes unearthed held in longing. The way birds wait to sing at dawn the way we dream of rain and fragrant colors, mango, magenta, gold leaf, Virgin Mary sings the blues. When she left the brown of West Texas, it felt like an Aztec send off. Wine, water, and never enough words, poems, a loss, a longing, flames flung at each song. Her daughter marches to her melody, incandescent soul, searcher of truth, defender of forest and fawn. She too is an Aztec warrior. Maria sees her daughter write bold black letters on thin white paper and remembers. Her tender baptismal smell soon after her birth, her voyage of pain and pleasure leading to this. Maria sings in the dead of night when the wounds appear and release half-dead blackbirds onto plains, prairies, and plateaus that hold notes and drop others. Texas is a big state and birds tire in the dead of night. The earth, a thin drum shakes, earthquake-like from fracking and flaking and freaking digging, changing the landscape into plunder, the baking undone. Change and silence is the only constant in any song. Her songs like prayers, confessional, chaotic crescendos, 
A woman knows the meaning of a shut door, a shut mouth. A woman knows of empty vessels and those born of scorn. A woman knows to not mouth the melody with the real names. We hear your choir of one, you locked in a distant cage, dusting off notes of past doves, singing sad smiles, a rosary of roses, waiting for the union and reunion of all cleansed souls. Vincent? That poem was awesome. Virgin Mary Sings the Blues might be the best line I've, I've heard in a long time. Thank you for that poem. Um, this poem is called Orans. Uh, it is actually uh, a snapshot moment of the one and only time my parents were together. Orans. My son is the son of God, Paul. My father held me up to the ceiling, 32 years old, drunkenly yelling at relatives in the room. He was God and I was his son. I don't remember looking down at my family or mother apologizing when they exited. 1984, mother grasps my arm walking toward his thick mustache in Almanser Park. Stillness in the pine trees, empty baseball diamonds, a silent suite in Tai Chi poses. Hello, Paul. Call him dad. He's your father. Paul sits on the field next to a jogging trail. Mother, arm's length. Soft words are spoken. I can't hear them. Playing on the exercise equipment, watching their last kiss. Reaching the pull-up bar, Paul rises slowly to assist. Four-year-old hands gripping to hang on. Come on, Vincent, pull, pull. Hanging, losing my grip, finger by slippery finger. Giant hands momentarily secure my ribs. Blades of hair on each dorsal, pushing my body up over the bar, grinning over at her. We have to go in Iran's distraught. Mother cinches my elbow, marching faster away, glancing over my shoulder to God's darkened frown. In the back seat, mother says, count the palm trees until I sleep. Each tree careening off the car window. Experiencing a multi-platform broadcast of Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having to say. I'm Tony Diaz, a Libre Traficante, and we are joined by some of the poets who you're going to get to learn more about today, but you'll get to meet them in person. And I'm trying to phrase things carefully because this is a historical document that will serve to mark the fact that uh, our dear friends at Mouthfield Press formed part of the 
Texas Author Series, and that's one of the pillar reading series at the brand new Latino Bookstore, which is located in what was once a book desert. But now look, even just now, we're bringing <laughs> you know, uh, all this beautiful lit to El Hueso, the west side of San Antonio, and to the rest of the world. But I love that it's based there. Pero también, this is so it can be studied in classrooms, it can be shared. We're going to play it on the air on 90.1 FM KPFT. It, the video will air on fox26houston.com. And if you can't name three awesome writers, we've got three for you right now. Hey, Vincent, uh, thank you for that, for that piece. Um, I want to start with you, but we're going to go to Maria too, because I think what's really unique is that we get a chance to hear the poems. We get to hear what the writers wanted to convey in there. We also get to hear what publishers think about this being settled on the page. Um, Vincent, when people hear Latino poetry, um, they may have certain conceptions. I think each of those three poems was so different. So what yeah. do you think are, are some ways that tie what we call Latino poetry together, but also make it unique? Yeah, so I think that's the best thing is that there's there's something for everybody. We have experiences, but the, the similarities in our upbringing, Texas uh, always seems to be a part of it as well, or, or the Southwest. Uh, so you hear a lot of colors, a lot of uh, ancestral um, feelings, mythologies. Um, the landscapes are Texan or, or Californian, uh, Southwestern. So uh, I think the, the land itself and the way we were brought up in this period of time, you know, really we use a lot of these experiences, you know, and, and they all, you can hear them all somewhere in there. Um, I'm in San Antonio, so my family's from here. Everything that I have is like San Antonio based, you know, we, we, we love the West side. And, um, but yeah, I, I think really there's, there's a lot for everybody. Uh, whatever you feel like, if you want to hear about uh, sewing or even the piece, being in the piscas, or if you want to hear something even a little bit more modern. We, we have it all for you. It's just who you want to listen to. We, we have two wonderful poets here as well. So everybody brings everything to the table. A lot of influences. You bring up a good point about the legacy of San Antonio in all of our cultura. I think what I would add too, just from the standpoint of curators, and then we're going to go to Maria uh, too, who's a curator also, and y'all curated this. Um, the one thing about the Latina bookstore, too, is that it isn't a corporate bookstore. And what that could mean is that we, when we curate titles, we're really trying to focus on Texas Latino stories. Because like you just alluded to, it can this can be many things, but at the end of the day, we kind of want to put that organic link between everything. Uh, Maria, let me ask you this. So you as a publisher are a curator and as poets too, you curate the words. What are some basic views, values, or styles do you think that you like to see in, in poetry? Well, um, <clears throat> Tony, as far as when I look at a, a manuscript mm -hmm. and um, I, I, I work from the theor theoretical framework of Ansaldua, and that is, you know, that we are all in this together in 
in many ways, in many forms, unlabeled. She didn't like labels, you know, and yet she embodied everything. She embodied everyone. Um, and so when I looked from that framework, I'm able to understand or even uh, think about, you know, how I'm going to be either accepting or uh, looking at this manuscript. Um, as far as themes are concerned, I always look for themes that are familiar to us, but in uh, presented in various forms in different mm -hmm. ways, because everyone, as Vincent uh, mentioned, is unique, but we have, we all have uh, our similar experiences, um, not only geographically, but also I mean, some of us are so connected to California in so many ways. And um, for example, that's just one, but also some of our ancestry and uh, the way uh, some of our communities come together to, uh, to work, to, uh, you know, to create art, comida, familia. Mm -hmm. So we can all relate to that. Uh, the, but it, it is also outside not only that connection with community is not mm -hmm. just a geographic community it's also outside i mean we we can look at the entire of the united states and see so many of us out there you know uh mm -hmm. connecting so for me as a publisher that is always important and that I frame the way I look at a manuscript and what I like to see. Now, I'm very uh, surprised actually, as we were reading the poems, all of us here, that there's a lot of things that are right now emerging. Familia, again, that, that, mm. um, that return to a home. And uh, Raquel, I am going to assume that <laughs> You had me crying there. That was a gorgeous poem. Thank you so much for that. I, I, uh, I hope I'm that, Maria. Uh, mm. um, but, you know, again, there's that connection of family, of comunidad that I just, um, and that longing to return to a home, whether it's a mm. mythical home, whether it's a geographical area, whether um, that right here is what we were mm. in some ways discussing. I like the way you put that. Thank it you. also implies that with each writer, perhaps we're expanding the definition and, and instead of a corporate definition or making something easier to Google, we're complicating it by, by, by adding art to the, to the term. Um, mm -hmm. Raquel, of course, we do want to hear more poems. So I'm going to try and limit what I say. I'm going to try and keep the questions uh, to a minimum. Um, but uh, Raquel, um, I'd like to get your point of view as well, but let's add this, let's add this context. Um, so right now folks are listening to the poems. How do you as a poet lay it out on a page and what does this experience have that's different than when we convene live as part of the Texas author series at the Latino bookstore in San Antonio, or, or is it all the same thing? And you're going to have to adjust your microphone for us. 
Well, all of us know that poetry is a distillation. It's a perfume that's distilled into whatever a feeling we're feeling. Like uh, the, the poem that I read was a longing. Um, some poems are about politics. Some people are talking of grief. Some people have fun and they talk about something that makes them joyous. So putting it on a page always starts with that for the majority of us, at least for me. Um, and as far as being together, I, there's so many things that went on during the pandemic that were really sad. People lost their jobs, lost family members. There's a lot of grief that went through, but there's also uh, a bright side. We, we have gotten opportunities. We were pushed into these opportunities to be together <laughs> virtually. We've had meetings where, I mean, in the morning we're in one meeting with people from all over the world. In the afternoon, it's a different group. We don't even have to fly anywhere. I mean, we can fly, but it, it would be for another reason. So I'm, I'm, I'm joyous for that. That's great. You make a great point there because right now we've got Houston, San Antonio, Huntsville, El Paso convening at this moment. And how exciting when we're all in the same room. I'll also add, it is nice to, to build your family library with uh, additions that are signed and dedicated to you with the picture tambien. But at the same time, I like that people can get a sense of what the poetry is like. And if they hear it again, they see new meanings. Say, hey, I'm going to stop talking because I promise to stop talking and I promise to bring the people more poems. We'll, we'll go in the same order. And uh, hey, folks, you're listening to Nuestra Palabra, Latino Writers Having You Say. It's a multi-platform broadcast. want to thank our crew because they donate their community cultural capital to our cause. Roxana Guzman is our multi-platform producer. Rodrigo Bravo is our audio producer, and he mixes our FM broadcast where we drop in musics and sounds. So after this, I'll ask the poets what some of their favorite songs are so we can blend that in. And then we have a whole team behind the scenes helping as well, including the co-founders of the Libertad Ficante Movement, Lupe Mendes, Laura Costa, Liana Lopez, Brian Parras, and our graphics team, which includes Mark Anthony Pignon and Leti Lopez. But right now then, we're going to throw it to Maria. And uh, same thing as we did last time, please share a poem, tell us a little bit about it, and the and then you can throw it to the next poet, and maybe that poet can say a little something about it. Absolutely. Thank you, Tony. So um, my next poem is titled Snow in the Chihuahuan Desert. Um, much of my poetry is, I always try to incorporate uh, elements of, of uh, geography and um, ecology or um, just because I am so rooted in the land. And so, um, but I also incorporate within those aspects a little bit of, you know, a back uh, story or uh, things that connect from tree to maybe my hand limp or by, you know, anything. So um, anyway, so this is, um, this uh, is, uh, this poem was anthologized uh, in the um, Oates uh, anthology out of uh, out of uh, Lamar University. Okay, um, a snow in the Chihuahuan desert. A fit of snow, despite the sun's persistence, in December, when trees unveil remnants of summer's escapades, 
The desert is dressed in white for hours. Grasses wear its armor and life retreats to burrows. Beneath chrysodes, the clamor of birds cease, and we are high like winds in spring, crazy with want to touch, to leak, devour the skies uncoiling. As if we were young again, when mother on her knees kneaded snow like flour, rolled the half inch layer to a snowman, its limbs like my body, weak and bony, punctuated with blood each month, every cycle a tearful story. My body prayed to die, now the girl is dead. My mother is frail and still needs flour to dough for the warm tortillas she bakes for breakfast. December comes each year heavy for want of snow, but it's only desire for nothing, not nostalgia, not prayers, resurrect those days of white. is about uh, my experience uh, in the Marines. So it is a Chicano military story, uh, which I know is very difficult uh, for some people. War, uh, I didn't have to go to war, but some people don't, you know, it's a tough subject. So the father, the father figure I had was an uncle who was from the west side of San Antonio, military city. Uh, he was the influence. He was a Marine. He was in Vietnam. Uh, so over the years as a kid, when I knew him, uh, you know, what was it like? He would tell stories. And uh, one of them was the moment he left. The Chicano hero. Hey Jude plays on a radio in Vietnam when you were told you're going home. The process, pack your uniforms and gear in the green sea bag neatly. Black and white pictures with Marines, cigarettes in mouth, shirtless and smiling. Passport stamped, Okinawa, Japan. The cold Pacific gently embraced the Crimson Mountains to Los Angeles International, then a shuttle bus down to San Diego airport to San Antonio airport and no one to greet you. You kiss the ground when you land and call a cab. Hippies of the 60s protesting the war keep baby killer in their mouths tight like the clothes in your sea bag. You strut on through. The cab driver is still one of the few to ever greet you with, thank you for your service. You don't remember his name. At home on the west side of San Antonio, no welcome party, just dad watching TV. No friends on the front lawn waiting with a beer, nothing. 
Thank you very much. And I, since we've been talking about each other's poems, and um, I, I will say this, um, even the title, I love just beginning with the title because you're putting uh, Chicano there and the word hero and also complicating both definitions throughout there, but also sharing a lot about uh, el corazón involved in, in, in those moments. So thank you for that, uh, Vincent. Appreciate that. And I think I'm going to deprive the people of more poetry and just talk about some of the great work I just heard. <laughs> and I think I need to do that because I also want folks to enjoy the poetry in person. And of course, you might be hearing this in a Mex-American literature course or an American literature course. And you might be studying about the amazing Texas author series created by the Latino bookstore in what was once a book desert, but is no more, but is no more. And it is in conjunction with the Guadalupe Cultural Arts Center. But one thing I want to say about those three pieces, and here's why I do want to pause, because we go from a drought to an ocean. And I realize we've got a wealth here. We can do two more hours of, of wonderful poems, but I'm like, you know what? I want to give folks the taste. I do want to just throw a few things out there and let's just chat about it. Um, Mira, um, bones like flour. I agree. What a, what a powerful line. And we kind of touched on how art shakes up definitions and what I call corporate English. I love it because we don't think about snow in the deserts. We don't think about snow in Chihuahua. We don't think about Chihuahua maybe. <laughs> and I love too, even in that line that, um, that uh, Raquel picked up, uh, in, in the poem, Bones Like Flower, you play a lot with the color white. It's just there. And just like, like it's glaring. So I'm going to let that hang. What I also love, speaking of redefining what Latino poetry is, I love when Raquel broke down those words in, in Nahuatl. Like, <laughs> we just gave a lesson in Nahuatl on the air, broadcasting at 100,000 watts. So if someone's driving on Highway 59, they're being told, oh, yeah, you're enjoying... You're enjoying Mexica art and culture when you experience Chipotle, Tumolcajete, you know, uh, d delightful to hear. And, uh, and then también, I think all those things kind of come together in that we're kind of repositioning history in a wonderful way that we've covered childhood, at least 500 years of history, Texas. Um, I don't know, Maria, is this what you wanted to unleash as a publisher? We'll start with you and let folks chime in on on this nice nebulous thought, get the answers. I want to do everything in publishing and I want to cover history. I want to cover, you know, ancestry. I want to cover uh, redefining uh, meaning for people through poetry, through art. Um, I am also an educator, so I actually taught uh, language arts for seventh and 12th graders at what point in my life. And um, so these were things that we always came, um, we always came across and uh, became a little bit more difficult as time has gone on. So I do feel programs like this, Nuestra Palabra, Tony, are so important, especially if they are going to be getting to classrooms. This is the way poets speak and without having to 
um, you know, carry protest signs and, you know, say things. <laughs> uh, we say it through art and language and form. And this is an excellent way of passing history onto our classrooms. For me, it's been a journey as a publisher um, having to also discover who I am as a Latina, a Chicana, uh, what defines me. And so when I, as a publisher, it's been important to also value um, and honor those, you know, uh, writers and artists who bring those words to the book, to the table. And how is this how you know i always wonder how is our book going to change the world a little bit just a little bit or how long for don't we don't know but um so yes absolutely for me it's been a uh, uh, important process even just writing as as a way of healing and uh, for my students in the classroom, it was healing for them to write poetry, to introduce them to poets, the various uh, types mm -hmm. of poetry that are out there, the various ways that poetry could be um, not just in writing, but even performed. Mm -hmm. And you know what? When we get to those spaces, that performance, we touch students' corazones. We mm -hmm. really do. That's beautiful. Uh, Raquel, I threw a bunch of questions, but Maria has just accused you of changing the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, I noticed that uh, Carolina was able to get in. Oh, I'm so glad you're here, Carolina. <laughs> and you're consentida because, of course, Carolina Monteviles read her first poem in public at Nuestra Palabra when we used to convene at the party hall of Chapultepec restaurant. So this is full circle. This is full circle. So hello, everybody. Thank you for letting me in. Oh, I was like, I had to go through five different platforms, but I'm here. I figured <laughs> it out. It's symbolic. We do that to make it symbolic of the struggle. <laughs> no, of the barriers we must overcome. <laughs> I, I, think, I think Carolina wanted to make one of those grand entrances. You know? yeah. <laughs> Don't wait for me. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Not at all. I, I tell you what, let, let's do this. Mira, Carolina, um, if you'd be kind enough to tell us where you are joining us from uh, geographically and then read a poem for us. Sure. Um, so I'm actually in the Rio Grande Valley. I'm living in Edinburgh and I work in McAllen. So I actually teach history full time. That's what I do. Um, so I really, really love these opportunities because then it, um, you know, because I always say I'm a poet and a historian, but I don't you know, have a lot of time to do the poetry as much. So this is really great for me to uh, to participate in this and get to talk about this, you know, and then, you know, push me to finish the next manuscript, which I which I have started. Um, so it's in progress. It's going. So I guess I'll show I'll share like a little a tidbit and kind of set it up some. So this this next manuscript is probably one of the hardest ones I've ever had to, to write and, but important. Um, and so it comes from the perspective of a poet and a historian trying to make sense of a tragic event. So um, <clears throat> it's been now almost six years, but my brother died by suicide. 
And so this manuscript is a way to make sense of that moment. And I felt like poetry was the only way that I could recreate this to make sense of it, to remember him. And then it became a journey about identity and community. And so, you know, I just kind of went and allowed myself to discover things organically. And I decided to do it almost in epistolary form. So this is called Letter to My Brother Number One. My dear brother, querido hermano, you are now the you. In every line's adobe, I shape. Your name that I carve when dried weeds and bones jut from lines the size of a bullet. I hold still from my memory of you, my story of you, against all who claim you or who claim that I no longer think of you. And our brown skin in the America where we are not always wanted. And my brother, there is more than one America and more than one remembrance. Your name ruts from every line in a world I'm not sure you would even recognize. Where now we would stand between a wall, flesh is a promise, and children and families in cages, my brother, cages. We are all writing this, and it's already a cliche, but they remain, and the detention centers remain. And if we sat at our weekly Sunday dinners, would you still joke, as you did when we were teenagers, and call me? a bleeding heart liberal. Even though I know you admired my fist raise and how I opened myself to stories and pain. My brother, you are the you and every line. And who I want to ask, what would this era mean to you? And an amendment threatened by men who want to pluck what took a war to write and made you a citizen. No matter how hard you tried to conceal that small Mexican boy that you were, on his mother's lap, his mother's lap, stern faces paired and pictured in a black and white passport. Thank you very much. That's beautiful, powerful. What a great way to end this wonderful session with our colegas, our familias. It's a curated poetry showcase by Mouthfield Press. Of course, you're experiencing Nuestra Palabra. We're multi-platform now, Carolina. Remember, we were just <laughs> in person before. Now we're multi-platform, so... This will be on social media. It will broadcast on 90.1 FM, KPFT, your Houston Community Station, which Carolina used to produce. I did. You remember those days? Yes. How amazing. I'm I, so I, glad it's still there. I love it that it's come full circle. And now, just so you know, we'll also air the video on fox26houston.com. And because we never forget our roots, we're also celebrating that this will be part of the legacy of the Texas Author Series at the Latino Bookstore in San Antonio, right there on 1300 Guadalupe. It used to be a book desert. Now it's okay. not. I want to thank our dear familia from Mouthfield Press and all our familia from Nuestra Palabra who put the show on, Roxana Guzman, Rodrigo Bravo, and everybody who's tuned in. Thank you so much for all you thank do. You. We'll be meeting again in the future. Gracias. Thank you.